Bung Bung. Welcome to the potty is brought to you by Bung Bung Coffee. The best, the best dark roast you can get. Dark roast from South America, four different countries, four different superpowers, but you're going to have to buy them to feel them, okay? You're going to have to buy them to understand how much better you can be at what you do when you do it, okay? Listen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sell this shit to my own mother if it wasn't safe, if it wasn't good for you, okay? My mum buys this. Bungbungcoffee.com into promo code POTTY, P-O-D-D-Y, for 15% off all orders. No minimum spend, no maximum spend. 15% off all orders with promo code POTTY, P-O-D-D-Y, double D, just like the titties. You don't understand how good this coffee is. Premium. Dark roast delivered straight to your door. Tell me something better than that. You can't do it. Bungbungcoffee.com. Promo code potty for 15% off. All orders. Young blood beer. Beer to be enjoyed by those who enjoy beer. Let's start the show. Welcome to the party. Welcome, baby. Welcome. Welcome, baby. Welcome. Welcome to the party. Welcome to the party, Bung Bung! It's your man Claytron, aka the Big Boss Man, aka the Clumsy Jeweler, because I'm always dropping gems, aka the Milkman, because I always deliver, aka the PhD Podcast and the Magnum PR Podcast, and the Captain, the Ray Romano of Podcasting, because everybody loves me, and quite honestly, I deserve a sitcom. Here today with friend of the show, Steve Calvin Fresh Comb. How's it going? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Back again. Back again. This time, uh, a little bit of a different circumstance. Um, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I suppose. Oh, man, I've got this um, like portable uh, back massager on my back right now. Oh, really? Because oh, you, you're giving a bit of an O face right now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm about to <laughs> bust. Yeah. <laughs> about to give it to you just like X. Yeah, it's really intimate in here with this kind of scenery happening and the you know the microphone and everything it's a bit of asmr and yeah yeah and it's yeah it's it's a man's voice going directly into your skull (laughs) it's essentially it's essentially being don't say it well no being whispered to real loud okay okay yeah i thought you were gonna say something else there it's like having a man's breath in your ear from a distance okay yeah yeah i'm just gonna pop this young blood beer which i got from youngblood.beer um, beer to be enjoyed by those who enjoy beer. It's delicious. Mm. Mm. Crystal Ale, my favorite. Me too. Um, yeah, man, I've got I've got a sore back. I've been on the road for work this week, so getting in Rex Airlines. No offense, but build a better fucking plane, you know. <laughs> Sitting in there, folded up like a lawn chair. No wonder my back's fucked up. And then you know, sleeping in a Hotel bed doesn't do you any favours, really. Yeah. And, you know, probably caught a STD doing it. Wow. It's science. Yeah, great. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting coming back here because the last time we had this conversation was in Christmas, or before Christmas. <coughs> yeah. And uh, you were, what, three months out from doing your first solo Friend show. Yeah. Yeah. First so solo show. 
yeah. in general. Yeah. And I, th- I think, I really like before we got, because it was the best day of the year that day. Yeah, we got pretty lit that day. Yeah. But I think we were in, I think we might have been drunk ish, or was it before we got drunk? Oh, the edge was taken off. The edge yeah. is always off yeah. on Tony Broughton Day, but yeah. this this was definitely the I real mean, TB. Yeah, <laughs> if um if <laughs> easy money, <laughs> if you um if you had recorded it maybe an hour or two later, it wouldn't have been coherent. I don't think. No. no. So it was good. I was definitely slightly anxious to listen back. Yeah. Well, I didn't listen to it back. Wow. Um I don't listen back to many of okay. the episodes. Ah. Oh. Um, Great. It's all right. It's rough, rugged, and raw. So, so you, do you remember our episode, I our chat? Straight into the mic and put it online. It's dangerous, but you know, it's my version of jumping Unfiltered. out of an aeroplane. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Adrenaline uh, junkie, huh? I, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, it was interesting because I I actually listened back to that episode last night, mm-hmm. and uh, it was very interesting uh, listening to. The young man pre-show and then kind of hearing... Young's a stretch. Uh, well, with the old back and stuff, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it was really interesting listening back and, and kind of you could really feel the, uh, I guess, the energy of uncertainty. Yes. This was still when you had all the uh, the beautiful mind, uh, what, butcher's paper, stretch it all over your house. Yep. You were trying to refine the set. Mm-hmm. You were pretty much shitting yourself over going from what you wanted to do was 40 people and you ended up getting 80 to 90 uh, mm-hmm. capacity. And then capacity actually increased from then because uh, that was 75%. And then okay. during, well, before my, I think it was a week before I opened, capacity in South Australia opened up. So my venue was 120 seats. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Okay, wow. Um, it was It was just really interesting listening to it because – kind of seeing the process from the outside was, was quite interesting. And I think that's that's what I really wanted to kind of pick up on was where we kind of threw up the uh, the layup previously. I wanted to, to kind of finish that journey with this and ask you a few questions about mm. obviously how it went, how you're feeling. Because, you know, I got to see the show twice. I was lucky. Mm. Um, kind of wanted to just see where your head's at just to begin with. I mean, how you feel now. I mean, this is what, a week out? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with the show. It's definitely got um, room for improvement, but like for a first solo, I think if I mean it flowed pretty well. Um, I felt, I felt pretty confident even on on night one. Like obviously, like you get nervous and stuff, but like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think. From night one to night six, I don't think there was a, a huge shift overall in mm-hmm. in confidence or anything. Really? Um, which is funny because Rachel actually saw opening night and closing night yeah. as well. And she she seemed to think that there was a shift. I would have said there was a shift. Mm. Um, but, I mean, I, I I was lucky enough to, to, to see it on Friday night. Yeah. And I saw it on the last night. Yeah. And Friday night was was a really interesting one to watch because, like, I've seen you do stand-up, you know, a bunch of times now, like, it's, you know, a fair amount, that I can kind of make these judgmental things. And this was, I think, the biggest crowd I'd seen you perform to. And there was a, a pep in the step that I don't think I'd seen that consistently before. Mm. 
like I've seen you do it and I think it's almost like this faux confidence where you're trying to win people over in that first, you know, that's what your own words is, you know, you need to win, win people over in the first minute, right? Yeah. Yet 50 minutes, that's a long ass time to hold someone's attention. So I think it was really interesting because I, I saw it and I reckon, I reckon like five minutes in, I was like, I was like looking into the sun, you know, I was like, this is, this guy has, he's, he's in his element. And it was interesting to see because I think you were obviously vibing off of the crowd. But yeah, I guess I think I think in theory, like once you once you've got enough material, in theory, I think fifty minutes is actually easier than five, right? Mm-hmm. Five minutes, it's hard to establish a rapport. Mm-hmm. So it depends on what type of comedian you are. If you're dark and you just go up there and start saying dark shit, people are like, Jesus Christ, what's this guy's problem? Right? Yeah. 50 minutes, you've got the opportunity to develop a rapport with the crowd, get them to understand what kind of sense of humor you've got, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. If you're doing a three to five minute sets, it's like really hard to do that. So I guess in that sense, 50 minutes is easier. Well, getting 50 minutes of material is difficult. Yeah. Getting 50 minutes of decent material <laughs> is fucking difficult. So that's yeah. that's like where the major struggle, I guess, was in the, in the last, I think, I think... Since I registered, I reckon it's been about eight months. Yeah, yeah, of preparation. Well, yeah, I, I guess with saying that, that would be an interesting, you know, comment to make. Was like if, the, if you're a storyteller, right? Like with the way you do comedy. So if you're if you're doing that that five minute set, you've kind of probably got like one two stories that are pretty quick. So you're like I guess your room to like win people back and up and down and kind of ride that wave is pretty limited. Like you've got to come out with like your best material, right? Mm. And then at fifty, you can kind of connect it like a Seinfeld episode or something, you know, you can kind of yeah. bring it back from further down and get another laugh out of that. Yeah. And like a, a callback 40 minutes into a set is much more impressive than a callback after mm. you've heard something two minutes ago Yeah, as well. So like you get, you get to practice that kind of stuff as well, which was fun. Um, like weaving stories together and all of that was really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you had like, yeah. My preparation sets are like five to ten minutes, so yeah. I've, I I didn't do any preview shows either, which um, you know have my time again. I would be more organised and do do one or two previews. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just having the opportunity to play up there and um, you know you not having those those trials and yeah, just like figuring some shit out on the fly. Like the show was a little, I didn't change too much, but it was a little bit different um, yeah. from night one to night six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, even even speaking to you about a week before the show, there was a lot that had changed Yeah, from that to yeah. the following. And it's like, just like doing like fringes a month or five weeks festival. Yeah. And I'd, I'd uh, four, four or five gigs a week, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes four or five gigs a night. Yeah. So I got I did get to test a lot of stuff out um during like during the lead up because I was the last week of the festival which was um mm-hmm. a blessing and a curse. Yeah. You know, I had a lot of time to get gigs and warm up and fine tune some of my stuff, but it's also like towards the end of the festival a lot of people have spent a lot of money, they yeah. don't want to keep going out. Mm-hmm. They've seen the shows they want to see. Worth noting that you're also your opening night was the Tuesday after a long weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, people spend money on the long weekend. They're hungover. They're tired. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, a, that's so, a battle in itself. Yeah. But again, learnings, right? Yeah. Oh well, it, that's not even one. I didn't. 
I didn't know that that was a long weekend. And two, I didn't get any other offers for venues or times. So I didn't have the option to, like, I didn't have to do any research mm-hmm. because I had one time slot offered mm-hmm. to me. So I took it. Yeah. Yeah. You said uh, in the last time we spoke, I asked you what success would look like for this show. Mm. And you said, one, I hope to get my money back. Mm. Two, 40 a night. And three, some good feedback from established comics. That was your three. Is your three key points? Yeah, in that order. But then you also said, "I hope to get my money back." That was like it, this whole thing was worth it. Like yeah. you didn't really spit it in a way that was like, "Oh, this is like a, the be all end all." The yeah. other two was was more. It seemed like the feedback thing was your number one priority. Feedback for sure. And I got not a not a whole heap of comics saw my show. Probably four off the top of my head. Five, mm-hmm. five that I can think of off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And good feedback from all of them. I guess it's like it is hard to know how genuine it is because I don't think that they would say like, "Oh, geez, that was that was tough to watch." You know, like people don't really say that. So um, they could have said nothing, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got good feedback. I got a good review. Um, Tell us about the review. Um, yeah, I mean, night one, night one, which. I don't know. It's it's beneficial because if you get a good review, it can help you sell tickets. Absolutely. Um, but it's also f- my first ever fifty minute show was re- was reviewed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's and that's, it was a good review. Yeah. 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 So I mean, um, yeah, it was fine. I got a lot of good quotes in there, and um, yeah, I did take the feedback, the critical feedback on board, and I did actually changed the show after night one to try and make it more fluid and i think i think the show was better for it so um you know it stings a bit to to get that kind of feedback sometimes but um, oh yeah but i instead of being like fuck you whatever your name is like i sort of yes marinated on it for 24 hours well not 24 hours probably 12 hours and then rewrote a couple of things and yeah, 24 hours later, I was doing the show differently. Yeah, wow. Yeah. It's interesting though, like, because if someone's a critic, right, uh, they're, they're, it's an opinion. It's someone that's, that's based off it. And like, I, I think I, I kind of had a little look to see about this person who did critique it and mm. try and find anything else they'd critiqued. And it was kind of hard because they didn't have much presence online and stuff like that. I found them. You did? Yes. Okay. Their name's shortened. Okay. Yeah. So given that, that's the case. What was the sample size of what they said about other people? Do you know anything about how they, you know, they give reviews to anyone else? Not or? Really. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, all reviews, positive or negative, have to be taken with a grain of salt. Sure. Um, everything's subjective when it comes to art, whether it's food, film, uh, comedy. Yeah. You know, like you can you can make the best french onion soup in the world and guess what i'm not going to like it dude i hate onion yeah no, so for sure. so yeah. like if you if you if you go to a comedy show and you just like you know mitch hedberg like comedy machine gun joke 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 yeah. you're not going to like me cuz no. i've got about 5 jokes in 50 minutes mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so so yeah it's going to be it's going to be different to go on to see hedberg for 30 minutes and do a hundred jokes in yeah. thirty minutes, yeah. So yeah. it it is it's subjective, but no, I thought I thought the review was fair, 
Um, you know, what do you expect? Five stars when you 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 get reviewed on opening night and your first ever mm-hmm. solo show, like you'd have to be a comedy savant, you know. So yeah, uh, I thought it was a fair review. I think it was reasonable. I think it was uh, pretty accurate. Well, I think it was really interesting because the review kind of like I thought they were quite poignant about how they said about like the whole you know like issues of race and and everything else and how like you, it was like raw and and kind of honest and and like that kind of vibe and this is a quote from the last time we spoke you said the trauma of racism in my life and i think that's where a lot of my funny comes from mm. so i think like in terms of narrative that you wanted to kind of put out there and what was picked up it's pretty interesting to see that that was pretty much bang on like it, it, it did land in what you said is you wanted to make light out of something that has been quite a dark part of your life as as most comics obviously turn dark to light right like will they take that twist on it and look yeah. for the positives yeah i um, think it's um i i got i got self-conscious in the lead up but like yeah it's 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 hard because you spend eight months on something mm. you're so close to it Mm-hmm. You've seen it so many times; it loses its funny to you, right? So, oh yeah, because when routine, I write, right? when I've written this stuff, I'm like, oh, this is great, and then you spend eight months with it, and as you've read it so many times, you're not laughing anymore. It's like, no. oh, so this isn't funny. Mm-hmm. So I got I got a bit weird about that. I got a bit weird about how race heavy it was as well. Towards the end, I was like, mm-hmm. oh fuck, people people might think that this is too much or whatever. Like I just started questioning a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you gotta you don't know till you try. And oh, I for think, sure. But I think, think there was a couple things that maybe maybe were too heavy or maybe not even too heavy, but like um, I would just maybe switch up the tone in which I say a couple of things. Like mm-hmm. I've got a thing about white people school shooting <laughs> and, yeah. um, and I just say it like that. And yeah. like the crowd kind of pulls back, which is – which is funny to me, but I don't think it's funny to them. <laughs> so. oh, but again, like one, I think – I think that spectrum of entertainment is like you kind of want people to feel things. And like if it's there just to have a great time and laugh, like that's tick, right? That's yeah. what comedy comes down to. But then it's also like you kind of want to have that like belly laugh where you're almost like, oh, <laughs> you know, like you yeah. feel it where you go, oh, uh, this is wrong. Uh, oh, yeah. Where's this going? Myself, yeah. yeah. And I think that's like that's definitely who you are as a human. Like you kind of are an absurdist by like you, you do kind of social commentary by default right so i think it's really interesting to say you know that you should have parts of that in there because that's that's clavering yeah right? but um no it was it was very interesting so drawing back on what you before when we said like what the success looks like yeah um now that you've done the show and you have some results and some tactile information what is that what is, is it successful in your mind like what what happened what's the what's the feeling you have now about how you went at fringe um i've done it yeah that's i guess that is the success um i guess that's the measurement now is like i've i'm able to do that Mm -hmm. um which i probably yeah i probably wouldn't have said leading up to it because it seems so small Mm -hmm. but like uh yeah just knowing knowing that i can do that i've got 50 minutes the 50 minutes needs to change. I know that mm-hmm. like uh, it, it served its purpose. Yeah. And maybe, maybe by the time I do my next 50 minutes, it, 20 of it will still be there, but mm-hmm. it needs to be, it needs to be better. It needs to get better. 
there's definitely a couple of bits in there that I um I know for sure need work or need to go. Well, you, you you've also said a lot before about how you needed more stage time, right? Like you yeah. said, like I just need my ten thousand hours or whatever. Mm. Now you've just done, you know, basically an hour a night, six nights straight. Yeah, like so I did. I up. did the math. Um, you know, a lot of sets at different times. I've been doing between five and ten minutes for for a long time. Uh, approximately ten hours of stage time I had leading up to this. Yeah. Now I've got after one week I've got sixteen hours. Wow. Yeah. So it's a, a big jump there, yeah. right? I mean, you could you could kind of like take all those five minutes and uh, throw them in the bin when you go fifty minutes like this, though. Yeah. Like I feel like I think that's the other thing as well as you said. You know, you can bomb in front of five and you can kind of shake it off, but you can bomb in front of a bigger crowd and it's uh it's definitely going to hurt more. But then yeah, and that was that was an interesting thing about the last two nights of my show were polar opposites. So mm. um, Saturday night there was about fifty people there. Um, and it felt real fucking quiet, real really? quiet. And then the last night there was ten people, yeah, and it went off, yeah, yeah. And what about Friday night? Friday night about forty five, and that yeah that went off as well. Yeah, that was sick. That was that was really cool to see, to be honest. Um, and again, like I'm not here to toot your horn or anything, but it, it is definitely something that you know I have seen. And I know if people listen to the show, they'll listen to the episode you know that you had before Fringe, where there was like the panic attack. Mm-hmm. You had the full like spectrum of emotion leading up to this thing where you had self-doubt, you had anger, you had, you know... You yeah, yeah, the panic attack could have, you know, possibly have been related to Fringe, but the, yeah, the actual trigger was not, it wasn't related at all. So, um, okay. yeah. So I'm just, just making up information now. Yeah. Fake news. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Right. Well, I've just fit my own narrative and yeah. it just skewed me off course. <laughs> yeah, it did, timing. Yeah, timing sort of worked out perfectly there, but no, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't related. Well, I think it's it's interesting because you you have said that you know when I asked you last time, you know, is this gonna is this your best material yet, whatever? And you said you know I need to wait for the validation, all that kind of stuff. Now that dust has settled, are you, are you happy with that? That is the best. If someone walked away and said I've only seen Clayton Math once, and that was the last time they saw it, did they see the best of you? Um. Some of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like like I said before, like some of that shit's got to go. Like some of yeah. it's not. Yeah. But then this is really interesting because I think I think perspective is a massive thing. It's a catalyst to how people change in, you know, their previous experience and what they assume the next experience is going to be. And I know that you said that you weren't going to put this out because, you know, you couldn't find comics from 10 years ago. You couldn't mm. find their sets and stuff. Yeah, I stand by that. Yeah. But then you also said that a lot of the people that the first thing they put out is like their best work, which I disagreed with. And I still, I still disagree with because I think, you know, I think, we, I think I said the office, like, you know, you, you said the first season of the office is your favorite. I said, bullshit. Like nobody's first season of the office is their favorite, but it was the same thing. It's like, this is what I think is a really solid foundation where you've set the bar for yourself at this standard. Now mm. you've then now ticked it off. You went through all that risk and that challenge and now, when I asked you, is this the best set you've ever done leading up to it, you wouldn't give me an answer. Is it the best set you've ever done now? Right now? Where we stand right now? Um, Man, you're acting so coy. Like, you can't even commit. It's just like like I I feel like I answered the question. Some of it some of it is the best. But yeah, but like that's, that's not what that question is. It's not saying like, give me give me like the most like, Switzerland sitting on the fence answer. I'm asking you to like, 
this is the best work you've done to date, right? This is your magnum opus to date. Is, isn't it? Well, it has to be. It's my only work. Well, it's not. You said you had 10 hours before this, right? You had people that have seen. You've you've done Melbourne. You've done other places. You've done all this other stuff. Like, there's going to be a lot of people that saw you for the first time at Fringe. And then are you happy that they're, they've seen that and they'll come back and watch you again next time you're available? Yeah, but that's a different question. Well, I mean. Yes, yeah, so I'm happy that they saw it. Do I think that was like, do I think one of those six nights I'm was the best? I'm asking be better. I'm saying is it to date the best thing you've done as a comedian? Yeah, so yeah I guess. <laughs> enjoy it. Like enjoy the moment because sometimes it's hard because I know you I know you're no, like. No, no. You need to appreciate the no, wins. No, you're, that's also different. <laughs> that's also different. I, I am, I do appreciate it. I don't, I don't regret it or anything like that. No. Do I think it's like, like, I don't know. It's hard. I've done a lot of sets. You're talking like you punched a clock though. It's not like, it's not like majority of people don't do what you did. Majority of people who try comedy don't do what you did. Like it is a, it's something that you need to just look at the accomplishment. (sighs) Great. You just need to look at the accomplishment as well and celebrate the win because you might've said like, yeah, Sunday I had 10 people and it was fits of laughter and Saturday I had 50 or whatever. And it was, it was quiet. It's the same kind of principle that you're going, okay, you just had access to 60 people over two nights and you had 45, 50 on Friday. Mm. Like there's a lot of heads that you're doing, right? Like you don't know who's listening. You don't know who's friends of friends. You don't know whatever's happening in terms of like influence. Like it's the best set you've ever done. And you need to celebrate that as a win because last time you were so uncertain about it and you said, I'm trying to get Clay to be off stage like Clay is on stage. Yeah, but I also, I also at that time, didn't have 50 minutes ready to go. So that's, yeah, yeah like, of course I was uncertain. How then, am I supposed to say, like, leading into it when I'm not even prepared yet, uh-huh. I'm confident in this, I'm ready to go, like, because I wasn't ready and I wasn't confident. I didn't have mm. my 50 minutes. But then in saying that now, that you've done 50 minutes yeah, and you have that confidence that you can do it, is, let's just say, is the next 50 minutes going to be the best set you've ever done? It's going to be better than that 50 minutes. <laughs> the be- best set is another subjective thing though. Like I've done five minutes to a packed room and fucking buried that room. And that's probably the best set I've ever done. Yeah. What is it? Because then you've also done that same five minutes, just like 15 people and it didn't do it. So it's, as you said, it's subjective. Yeah. But I also had that five minutes in this 50 minutes. Okay. So you kept it. But it's just like, it's just interesting sometimes to, to hear that perspective because you're kind of basing it off of how everyone else's reaction is it too. Like, and as you've said, even on this episode, that it's very subjective. You've had a lot of people really like it and you know you can't please everyone. Mm. So would you say that most people left here going, oh, I've had a great time. That was really funny. Everyone gave you quite positive feedback. Yeah. So you still have this kind of like doubt cloud hanging over you when you answer the question. The question is a difficult it. question to answer, dude. Is it the best set I've ever done? I don't really know. Like to date, to date. Like I just said, I've done five I've done some fives man. that have just fucking pulling teeth with you, man. Bro, you just want me to answer it the way that you want to answer it. No, I'm no. just I'm answering it the way I feel. Yeah. Is that okay? Can I no. do that? Uh, I'm still undecided. I'm still undecided. I know it's your show and everything. Yeah, but don't ask me a question <laughs> if you're not gonna be happy with the answer, dude. No, well that's fair enough. I think it's just um I was really intrigued like listening back because you are a really confident human by nature and you you did have a lot of uncertainty and I know you had a lot of anxiety with with you know doing this set and everything else because it is 50 minutes talking to a whole bunch of strangers not knowing how many tickets you're going to sell all these other things like you had to market yourself you had to Yeah, I was do talking to some stuff. guys like from high school and I was like I just remember I remember like having to do a 
three-minute speech in, like, English class or whatever and talking about this slowly, trying Mm -hmm. to fill up time. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm, like, doing 50 minutes, I'm looking at the clock like, oh, fuck, I've got to get off soon. Mm-hmm. Which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> which is, which is insane. It's wild to see that, um, you know that that kind of change in stuff where you become comfortable in uncomfort through, you know, just learning, right? And like, it takes a lot of time to get to that stage. Yeah, it's fucking. It's crazy to look back. Like, um, I'm I'm not up to. I'm not three years in yet. So I think it was July 2019, mm-hmm. end of July 2019. So I'm almost at three uh, three years. Yeah. Just, yeah, looking back there, um, the fear, the, the adrenaline, the relief, everything mm. that I felt that night, I don't, I think that's like one of the most unforgettable nights of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And to where I am now is fucking is fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, I've talked to some other comics, uh, a other comic that did his first um his first solo show this mm-hmm. year. And yeah, he, he felt that he might have uh dove in too soon. Oh wow. He felt like he did well on all the lineup shows. But uh, again, you're in a lineup show, you're only doing five five to ten minutes of gold. Yeah. But then I also like I, I I don't believe in that. I believe like I think there's time you can be ready, right? And I think it's preparation means opportunity. But I also think like some people kind of like put things in that. And you said that to me. Like we had a bit of a fight when you were in Melbourne, bringing our dirty laundry onto the potty. Mm-hmm. But you said like you you know you you said I haven't enjoyed this process. I'm not enjoying it. Blah blah. The reality is, it's because it's hard. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Yeah. And I think. That's the that's where you get the gratification, and you know a, a great psychologist. Uh, I've forgotten her name, but she said, um, you know, confidence won't grow unless you're prepared to live without it. Oh, that was Jane Fonda, I think. Jane Fonda. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that sounds like her. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was interesting because I, I find it so like you have to go off the deep end. You have to. Do that. All of your idols have done that. Yeah, I don't think that was. Again, we. I. I my frustration that day was that you weren't listening to me and clearly, <laughs> clearly you weren't because the, the the thing I was getting frustrated with was that I said I won't be doing a new 50 minutes like the next the next year mm. and I don't think I should be. I should be fine-tuning this 50 minutes and making it great, great to a point where, you know, eventually I feel comfortable releasing it. Yeah. And like I said before, like maybe maybe 20, maybe 30 of it stays or stays-ish. Maybe there's some tweaks, but a bunch of it has to go. Like it's just like, it's just a fact. Yeah. And so when this show comes out, whether it's under a different name or if it's still Ain't It Funny, when mm-hmm. it comes out again, it's mm-hmm. going to be different, yeah. but it's it's going to have some, some of the same stuff in there. So let's just say you're performing at Fringe next year where yeah. we should expect to see a different but more polished Claiborne. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. And you you mentioned that the goals from here, now that you've got this under your belt, is 2023, you want to hit all of the fringes, like the full fringe circuit. Um, Perth, Melbourne. Australia, in Australia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. not like, oh, I mean, Edinburgh and stuff. Like that. That's a 
that's a big stretch and with uh with Bubba it might be a bit more difficult but yeah um no that that's so is that still that's still what we're gonna 100%. hold you accountable for hundred percent yeah um I'll be doing all of that and hopefully um doing like some sort of like regional tour as well whether it's yeah. just like uh, regional SA or elsewhere. Yeah. Um, figuring get out of Vic a bit more. Yeah, figuring out how to organize that independently and doing it because I can. Yep. Yeah. You feel like you can now. Yeah, I mean, I've still got a day job, which is yep. um, you know, a bit of a bit of a barrier, but um, got to pay the bills, right? Yeah, yep. but uh. Yeah, if I can, if I can organize some sort of yeah mini tour, even if it's just a week, so I don't, I don't have to take too much leave, and I just go every night, um, a different town for a week, and then get home in time for work, something like that. Yeah. Um, so I I wouldn't mind doing that before the end of this year, even. Well, I was gonna say, what's what's between now and then? Um, I want to go to Brisbane for a week or two. Yeah. Um, you've got some hookups over there that might sort you some some nights and yeah. hit the circuit. Yeah, so Brisbane and Goldie. Yep. Uh, for yeah, for a week or two, I think I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be after the kids born. Yep. Um, so maybe so that's May. So maybe around July, around the the three year anniversary time. Yep. yep. Yeah. Oh shit. Go up there and um, do some stuff there. And yeah, I just don't know. I just don't know really the ins and outs of organizing yeah. a uh, a regional tour like. I, I don't know how how much time in advance you've got to sort it out, do yeah. announcements, all that. Like I've got to do. A but there are like the nitty gritty things you can sort out as you go, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's that's. I mean, that's the only thing, but beto- like making me hesitant about uh, saying that's going to happen this yeah. year. Yeah. No definite. Just just hope. But that's yeah. Stuff. That's the yeah. plan. Yeah. Well, it's it's really interesting. Like we can finish on something chaps like that. A couple other quick ones to finish. You know, this is a risk. I'm very pro-risk. I think we both are with you need to kind of put your all your eggs in one basket to see how it works. Yeah. Throw yourself in the deep end. You've done this. You've done 50 minutes. You've set the standard. Was it worth it? A hundred percent. Yeah. And what was your biggest learning? Oh, um, the marketing I did was not enough. Yeah. Uh, I've talked about it on the show. Mm-hmm. Um. It was expensive, the marketing I did, but it just wasn't. It wasn't enough. Um, mm. Didn't get butts in seats. Well, I, I did. I got. I got. I got some good nights. I had. I had some, some light nights. But um, figuring out a marketing strategy. Yeah. Taking. Uh, probably asking more questions to seasoned veteran comedians. I think media release as well. Trying to get some pre-show buzz. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think you need that fence graphic anymore. Yeah, I don't think that did anything. Um, there's, yeah, I, I I do wonder if you can get a guaranteed spot like on that front. Yeah, I do want. I don't remember seeing an option. I think that's just sort of like there probably is, but it's probably reserved for like some of those internationals. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. So so if I could get that like right up the front, I'll do it. But just. Just a random spot like where mine was. I don't think that benefited me at all, and that cost that cost me fucking plenty. Yeah, um, that's a learning. The the flyering, I hate doing it. 
Yeah. I don't remember anyone that I gave a flyer to coming to my show, mm-hmm. but I do feel like if if I didn't flyer mm. and I had a bad night of attendance, I'd kick myself. So I think I'm going to have to just just do it yeah. or pay someone to do it. Well, the other thing was like the there's a media company that owns all the real estate in like the front of shops and yeah. stuff, and you need to. I'll definitely go through them next year, and I, yeah. I and to be honest. Gluttony, the venue that I was in, they they send emails out in the lead up to Fringe with all this information, and yeah. they're big emails, uh, so I don't read them. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, oh, happy for you or sorry it happened. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, like I, I've looked back at those emails this week. Oh I've been wow. Like, yeah, good one, Clay. Like, oh wow. Yeah. Okay. There's also day like um the fringe puts on day workshops sure marketing your show how to get gigs yeah um all this different shit that you can attend for free if you're a fringe artist uh, mm. i took uh absolutely no initiative in doing any of that stuff mm-hmm. obviously i have a full-time job as well yeah part-time yeah. yeah um so yeah you know i'm trying to make We're learnings yeah you just have to like so that kind of stuff marketing um uh, what else? Just just putting myself out there. Just mm-hmm. that's the that's the thing. I haven't like um, no one. No matter who you are, no one's fucking thinking about you. All right. So so if you're just expecting to get put on to one of these late night shows that like that fill up and you can, you're not. No one's going to ask you to be on it. You need to ask to be on it. Yeah. Um. And I didn't do that. I guess but, you don't get what if you don't ask, right? Yeah. And I also feel that maybe, you know, maybe I didn't need to this year and next year I've got a bit more of a presence now. Yeah. Um, maybe I get get the yes the first time I ask, which would be which would be a nice feeling uh, instead of um, potentially getting a no this year. Do you think you'll do 50 again or are you going to shorten it? Because you said originally... Well, I mean, the other thing as well is you want, you were trying to get a forty seater. Yeah, no, I think I was always going to do fifty. I was trying to I was trying to get yeah. a smaller venue. Okay, yeah. So you would? would I you think I would. I think I'd go to a smaller venue if, if possible. Yeah, yeah. So is it better to sell out a forty than to like get fifty people in an eighty or a ninety? Yeah, it's a yeah. whole vibe shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was funny though because on what night was my weird night? Thursday, Thursday night, decent amount of people. Oh, not decent, like fifteen or probably not not a big night. Yeah. Um, quiet as fuck, just sitting there looking at me. Yeah. Um, and I was feeling a bit shit. Mm-hmm. And then I went and saw another comedian's show uh, at a different venue. Mm-hmm. Forty or fifty people in there mm-hmm. did the exact same thing. Um, and that was an indoor venue. Um, so I didn't feel quite as bad. Yeah. About like you know, you see someone else go through pain and it makes you feel better, which is a bit misery loves company. Yeah. yeah. A, bit, a bit gross of me, but I felt much better. <laughs> Um, after seeing that. Yeah. yeah. But that's like, that's probably a little bit more of a testament to reading the room, right? Like you see how like the audience is around everywhere. Midweek's just weird. Like, and everyone, everyone says it. All the comedians say it. Every artist this year said like it was hard selling tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID, um, pandemic, you know, yeah, restrictions. And, but masks. like, yeah, I think during the week is just, just tough. Even if you sell tickets, like mm-hmm. for some people, for some reason, people are just fucking weirdos. Yeah. No, well, I also think it's like it's it's hard and it's really, really uh, – it's a vulnerability thing to do that stuff. So, like, the fact that you put yourself out there and you were able to, um, you know, 
go hand out flyers for your own show and everything else. Like, you just never know. You never know where it converts. You never people know. People don't that fucking is. expect it either. No, like it's so funny when people when when people look at the flyer, they're like, "Oh fuck, that's you." Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, I guess I guess people must be really. Pa- no, they won't forget you. I think it's even if it's a marketing exercise, mm. they'll remember you. And if if they see you, you know, let's just say you get some sort of clout with like an article or whatever else, and they see you pop up on the feed, mm. they'll remember you. And it always comes back. Like I it, think it I'll definitely go for a, a color image too. Yeah. Um. Next year. Yeah. On the poster. Uh, this year was more of like a artistic choice to to go with the the Danny Brown look. So yeah. that was that yeah. was on me. It yeah. was a choice I made because I wanted to pay homage to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think I'll I'll change it, make it more colorful, make it more stand out a bit more. I yeah. think like the colors, like the the. The, You're talking about the this one here. Yeah, like the purple and gold on there yeah. would really like like highlight it. But I think if if I was in color, I just think it would have popped a bit more. But I just I did want want it to be more um more of that Danny Brown triple X vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like again, what you're saying is subjective. I think I think I, I mean I think um when you look at comedy posters not just like i know there's a lot of black and white branding um black is a very strong very uh polished very um elite color mm-hmm. uh you know a lot of your bet your, your you know louis vuitton gucci supreme a lot of black on black shit you know but i think like in general i'm sure there's exceptions to the rule you've got very bright comedy posters have you um have you ever seen any fashion because uh what you just said then was <laughs> so, in my opinion, anyway. No, like, yeah, they've Supreme got Supreme is the red box, uh, you know, and then like yeah, Gucci's the floral print. Minimalist right now. on like a, you got the red b- box yeah. on an all black tee. White tee. Both. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But you've got, you've got a Louis bag that's got the, it's got the print all over it. It's all black. It's all black and charcoal. I mean, have you seen what Virgil did with Louis? Like, yeah, yeah, but. Like that doesn't mean what I'm saying is wrong just no. because there are other examples. But again, that's exactly my point. Is a subjective. I think your I think your flyer was fine, and I, I think, think it was, was good. sick. I think I love it. I'm yeah. not I'm not saying anything that is wrong with it, but I think I think I will probably go for full color next time. Yeah, and I think the only thing as well is like there is elements of you can be you can fit the the mold of what is you know traditionally done, or you can try and do your own thing. And I think you know I think personally. Doing your own thing is probably the better way to do it. But I think yeah. um, this is a secret, and Rachel doesn't know this. But I'm going to cut my braids. Um, probably okay. next, next week or the week after, whenever these ones start looking like shit. Really? Um, I'm going to try and grow them out, but I'm going to need new new photos for whenever my next um show is. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well, you definitely need some more images for uh for you. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been fucking. It's just all repeat shots. Yeah. Because I'm just like, on stage, obviously, I don't have any choice in the matter and everything's candid. I love a candid picture. That's great. Mm-hmm. Tell me to fucking stand there and smile. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. I yeah. hate it. Rachel yeah. does it all, always pulls the phone out. Yeah. Oh, ta- oh my God, take a minute. I'm like, leave me the fuck <laughs> alone, you know? Candid only. Yeah, yeah. Even um the shots that a friend of the show, Ricey, did for the, for the flyer. Uh-huh. Felt like... It's one of my best friends taking the pictures and I just wanted to kill myself. I just <laughs> fucking hated being there. We've got these um ID cards at work. Yeah. 
uh, and we had to take photos for them. And I think I used the same one for the website. So just one photo, which yeah, you know, luckily, yeah. But I was just like, fuck, like, yeah, I was like, your thing, yeah. And they do it on like Mondays when you're like on the come down, you know, yeah. like. <laughs> in a K hole. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah, fair I, like, I cannot stand. I hate photos. Hate them. Well, I think it was a really good show, man, and I think that um, I'm excited to see where you go from here because I, th- I know how much work you put into it with with Fringe and everything. And that so. was yeah, that was some feedback I got from um, the uh, the the review said you can tell that he loves stand up. And a uh, friend of the show, Peter James, um, he said he said you can tell you worked really hard on it. Yeah, which is one of those like weird compliments where you, you don't actually. No, you're going to analyze the, the fuck out of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like when you go see, you go see someone's, um, you know, their first short film or something and you're like, oh, the lighting, the lighting was yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the score. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do the score. Yeah. Oh, I really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if he was like, just trying to, no, nah, he said, he said, and he said, he also said, um, you name dropped him too. Call out. Oh, did I? catching strays. Yeah. Oh, on the show. Just oh, now, no, no, yeah, yeah, just now. oh, yeah, 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 Peter James or whatever his name. Is. Yeah, yeah, no, well, friend of the show, and he's great, and um, you know, he's always welcome back. Uh, but um, what he said, he said, oh, he said that was a great first show. I was oh, like, wow. I would have liked it if you didn't say the word first. first. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but um, but again, like, there's gonna be haters, and well, no, I Not don't haters, but like, and 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 it is first a first show is a first show. Like I said, I yeah. couldn't have. I couldn't have expected five stars. Yeah. But again, also in that like sentiment is you, you do want people to give you honest feedback. And you 100%. Do want people, you don't yeah. want yes men around you all the time. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, especially if, if you know, if people came out of there and was like, dude, that's perfect. Yeah. I've been sick because yeah. I'm not happy with it. 100%. Yeah. I'm yeah. happy with it. But like I, like I said, I know there's improvements to be made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. Well, it was um, it was really cool to see the process. To be honest, like I really love seeing that like ideation. Like I've, it's been cool to see where you're going, uh, what you've done, and I know it's not easy. So I think, I think keep going. You're onto something. I think it's your calling, and uh, I'm really excited to see where you go. But yeah, next time, uh, you know, tell us it's the best show before it's before it comes out. <laughs> I want I want to see that. I want to see Clay's arrogance of like I'm going to beat you down and tell yeah, you how good well, it is. Like I said, next time it's going, it, the lead up's not going to be the same. I'm going to have. It'll never be the same. I'm going to have 50 minutes yeah. locked and loaded like I do right now. Yeah. All I need to do is fix it, mm-hmm. make it better. Tweaks. Last time you asked me, I had about 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. So you're like, it's yeah. pretty hard to be like, yeah, no, it's going to be the best. And you hated majority of it because yeah. it didn't make the final cut. Like you said, I had the butcher's paper up, which mm-hmm. I've still, I've still got. I'll keep it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that shit wasn't in there. Black James Bond wasn't in there. Yeah. Um, you know, Epstein Island wasn't in there. Yeah. All of that shit, I was just like... One of the one of the best jokes that I've heard you do didn't even make the cut. The coffee joke. The coffee one, yeah. Like, oh, that's... Man. I mean, that's that's definitely in my notes and it'll 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 make its way into a set uh-huh. um, shortly, but... <coughs> oh, shit. Another one. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you got a banger that's that you can't fit in with the narrative of the show as well. Yeah, but it's in the holster, ready to ready yeah, to fire. Yeah, and I've, I've got a joke. I've got a joke where that I think it can fit into as well. And I've we've talked about that. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But um, before you go, man, we've still got we've still got like ten or so minutes. So I think we should um, 
we should keep chatting about something else other than me. Okay. Um, what would you like to talk about? I don't know. Do, do you want to do a little sports update? I would love to do a sports update. Okay, hold on. i got to find the thing. This is where Boardman comes in handy. <laughs> AFL is back. Oh. Um, oh, yeah. By the way, sports segment on the Welcome to the Potty podcast is brought to you by Bet with Joel, the best in sports betting advice. Bet with Joel will send you his tips his bets straight to your phone on the bet with joel app you take those you take the advice you put on how many units he tells you to bet on that and you make money dude i have been blacklisted from several sports betting apps because of bet with joel i've made too much money on several apps i've had to get blacklisted dude now on sports bet I'm only allowed to do multis. That's wild. I'm not allowed to do single bets on sports, only on racing. Yeah. Um, so this is how good this man is. He's not only got himself blacklisted from every bookmaker uh, in Australia, but now I'm blacklisted from the majority of bookmakers in Australia. So <laughs> um, this is why you got to sign up at betwithjoel.com slash ref. That's R-E-F slash welcome to the potty and to promo code promo code potty exclusive 50 p-o-double-d-y-e-x-c-l-u-s-i-v-e-5-0 for 50% off your first week subscription or um potty 30 for 30% off the nba package the most lucrative or mm. top two most lucrative. I think AFL actually does quite well as well. But the 30% off the NBA package with code potty30. www.betwithjoel slash ref slash welcome to the potty. Betwithjoel.com slash ref slash welcome to the potty. You know, you know what it is. Shut the fuck up. Anyway, <laughs> AFL is back. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just do a couple of, um, you know, early uh, fut- future picks. Yep. What do you reckon for, uh, um, what's it called? Brownlow. Oh, shit. Uh, it's, it's really hard to go past anyone from uh, like, oh, you know what? Matty Rao. I think Matty Rao is going to be a real big chance. If he stays healthy, Who's Gold he Coast. Gold Coast. Yeah, so he's an absolute stud, but he keeps getting injured. Um, but he, he's amazing. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be hard to not pick a Mel- one of the Melbourne boys like Petrarca, mm. Clayton Oliver. Those guys are killing it. Yeah. Um, but um, Bonten Pelly maybe, but Bulldogs. That, so that was my pick was Bont. Oh, what's the dude from Carlton? Um, uh, Crips. No, no, not Crips. The other one, oh. Uh, Walsh. Oh yeah, Walsh. He's he's he amazing. Had like thirty six touches the other night. He's but chance. He, so Crips, Crips is back in like because wasn't Looking he injured? Good. Uh, yeah, I, I think as well. Like when you're on a trash team like Carlton, then you're gonna <laughs> like pull back a bit. Yeah, but I think like you can if you're if you know you're gonna have lots of more like L's and W's, then you're gonna probably poll less votes even yeah. if you're. Amazing, but that's, that, but that's also the the trouble with the Melbourne boys. They're going to steal votes from each other. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you got to yeah. be, you got to kind of be on a contender, but be clearly the best player. No, that's true. That's very true. I mean, Clayton Oliver last year or whatever, like Ollie Wines ended up pipping him, mm. um, and definitely felt like you know Petrarca was probably stealing from him and the vice versa. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think so. So you reckon Bond? Bond was my pick. Yeah. Um, and who's your early pick for um, the flag? Ah, oh, Demons, bro. Demons? I can't see anyone beating them. They, they've done a statement. They look great. I, I, I love them. I, I love them for the back-to-back. Yeah. My sort of underdog pick yeah. early is uh, the Brisbane Lions. Wow. Yeah. 
They got to win a home prelim first. Yeah, so you gotta you gotta um, like if you if you want to make a little little bit of money on it. Oh wow! I think they're probably paying like five bucks compared to like a, a two fifty or something. For yeah, Melbourne. they they're definitely in the top five. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, that would be my pick. Like, if you want to try and pick someone that's going to pay you a bit more, I'd pick Brisbane. But I, yeah. I really do believe in Melbourne. Yeah, I don't yeah. think anyone's going to be like. If you put Richmond against Melbourne, you put Geelong against Melbourne, Sydney. Sydney will be all right. If Sydney can somehow get like a, a home final against someone like Melbourne in like a prelim, mm. then there'd be an opportunity where you go, oh, well, maybe that could happen. But again, who knows? Yeah. And uh, let's shift to NBA. I would love to do that because uh-huh. um, I've got a very, very exciting team. You do? Yeah. We both do. Well, we've kind of gone polar opposites. The Chicago Bulls started very well. Mm. Had the number one seed for a little bit. DeMar DeRozan playing like an MVP. Most of the season, I think, we had number one seed. Yeah, until Um, the last, like, what, two months, and you've just been... One month. Garbage. Yeah, but um, it's, it's one of those... It's almost like the Golden State Warriors circumstance. We had a bunch of injuries in our key players, and they're all reposition themselves into the team. I just don't know, man. I, I can agree, like Caruso and stuff and Lonzo, but like the reality is you guys have been shit against good teams. You're like 2-18 and 18 against teams in the playoffs. Yeah, well, I don't think that's accurate. It is. How could we have possibly been the number one seed if we're 2-18? and 18? Mate, you're the number five seed right now and you, you're, you might slip to sixth if Cleveland fucking win a couple more games. Like you might... You'll get, what, first round, you'll probably end up getting either Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, or Philly. They're the, they're the top four mm. in the East. And I, I wouldn't mind getting Philly, if I'm being honest. What, to get swept? I don't think that's a sweep, bro. I reckon oh, that's probably Out six. of those four teams, out of those four teams, I think we would we'd struggle with Joel, but like I think that's our best matchup. Yeah, but I still think that, like, they've got pieces around him. Obviously, James Harden is – I don't like James Harden, but I think he's better than uh, he's better than average. You know, as a player, he's a, he's a star. And you've got Tyrese yeah, Maxey, who's but stud, Tobias track Harris. Record, if we want to go track record, he's going to capitulate in the playoffs, and he's never played D in his life, so we're going to get buckets. Yeah, but Joel Embiid is so good, man. And yeah. I, I, he's going to make Vucevic look like, you know, a, a traffic cone. He's going to just – well, Vucevic is a traffic cone at the best times. He's, a, he's <laughs> an offensive player. He's not a he's not a two way guy. No, we don't have many two way guys at all. No, I'd say really. our closest would be Alex Caruso, and he's, he's Lonzo de- Caruso. Yeah, I'd still call both those defensive guys. Caruso is definitely a gun. Like he's he the Lakers would be absolutely fuming that they let him walk. I don't, I don't, I, let's not love, talk about the Lakers. We love seeing them capitulate. Um, my favorite thing to do is watch the Lakers be this bad. It's mm. one of the best um, seasons of NBA I think I've ever well, seen. We can't even say Westbrook anymore. Like it's become PC. Like bro, like I, I sent you a text about this. Yeah, uh, I can't remember if I said it on the show or not, but I'm saying it now. This man had all these big balls and all the confidence. He's yelling Rocking at, the baby at yeah, people, yeah. Rock the baby. He's yelling at crowd members. He's yelling at coaches. He's yelling at opposition. Yeah. He's yelling at teammates. And all of a sudden, you suck at basketball and you can't take it. <laughs> yeah. Suck my dick, bro. It's part <laughs> It's part and parcel of professional sports. Naomi yeah. Osaka, suck my dick. Oh, oh yeah. suck my dick, bro. <laughs> Easy money. Wow. Um, 
not. Oh, you suck, Naomi. <laughs> that's that's the Kill thing that got me suck. is like the thing that got me was that it was just you suck, Naomi. Like, I know that like you've played bloody Div 1 basketball. You would have had so much more hate directed at you. From- I, got called, I remember one game I got called the F word. Um, oh really? Yeah, I'm not even gay, but I was like, "Holy shit, these motherfuckers are really out here!" Like, yeah, we had. They're a, trying to get in your head, man. This is nuts, and I've told this story on the pod before. But if you're a new listener, you wouldn't have heard it because you would have to go through 300 hours of content. Yeah, but, wow. Another one. Um, <laughs> I I remember at a home game, mm. we we had this guy on the lacrosse team named Patrick, okay. and he would do up scouting reports on the opposition for shit talk. So he would he would literally catfish the opposition, get accepted on Facebook and go through all their information and find out personal stuff. Oh, We played shit. against this one team. I'm not going to name the team. Um, and they had a player with two gay dads. Oh, no. And what? this was when this was when we, like, had turned the corner as a as – a, Division one team and we were good. We're selling out the Chase every night. Chase Athletic Center is our yep. home arena. Okay, and um, he's got the crowd. The, the whole student segment, uh, segment section. The whole yeah. student section, um, chanting, "Who's your daddies?" <laughs> oh and my that was god! Nuts. But um, before college, like I, I was about. Uh, 17? Yeah, I think I was 17 the first time I went to America with SASI, the South Australian Sports Institute. Mm-hmm. And we played this team in Nebraska and they were just straight up being racist. There was the only black people in the building was me and two black guys in the stands. And these people started like yelling out racist shit to me. And these guys, these other two black guys, got in a fight with them in the stands. Oh no! Shit. I didn't know they weren't family or nothing. They just yeah. like yeah, um, it was just like yeah, that was nuts, bro. And you know what I didn't do? What? Cry, quit basketball, stop doing press. Oh. Um, and you know what else? What? I didn't get thirty million dollars a year either. Oh. <laughs> See, I, I I sympathize for her because I do think she's got a lot of struggles and she's opened up about her mental health stuff. But then I also think that, you know, you can't have both. Oh, no, know? I'll tell you this. Mental health is brutal. For sure. Okay? Oh, and absolutely. Some people, some people have day jobs where mental health is a factor, but you don't have a choice because you yeah. have to get a paycheck. Yeah. You chose to play professional tennis. Yeah. You can do other things. You're not in a position where you're getting forced to do this. Mm. It's if definitely you can't, a get-to if you job can't more than hand, a have yeah, to. If you yeah. can't handle the jandle, fuck off. Because this is... <laughs> This is professional sports. People talk shit. Yeah. The media is going to attack you when you're down. They're going to praise you when you're up. Yeah. And if you don't like getting attacked, yeah. you've got to also be like, when you're on top, yeah. don't let the ego get the best of you then. No. And you've got to be there. You've got to be there. You've got to be humble and well, say like, oh, you know, um, I couldn't do this without this. But instead yeah. of just being like, yeah, I fucking bodied that motherfucker, dude. Well, what's that? That's saying, you know, don't be too crude on the way up because on the way down, they might be, uh, <laughs> they might give it back, you know? And I think that's something that's, uh, you know, I don't know, like the professional tennis and stuff, like I'm not massively in tune with it. Like, I don't know what the struggles are and everything, but then like one of my favorite commercials, like one, well, two of them, one of them is the Jordan 12 commercial where he talks spaces, disrespect me, telling me I'm older, tell me I'm slower, oh, yeah. tell me I can no longer fly. Like I want you to. Mm-hmm. That's Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. Fucking killer. Then you got Kobe. Same when he thing. retired, yeah, 
it was like his whole thing was about his haters. It was mm. like everyone that was just like hating on him and singing this song. And it's like, this guy had the stones. It's like Trey Young in New York. Mm. We love him as the villain. Reggie Miller in New York. Dude, like, I just like, speaking of Trey Young in New York, yeah. Atlanta played New York this week at yeah. the Garden. Oh, and Taj. I, um, I chose, I, I bet on Trey Young 35 plus because I was just like, he just loves it. He just loves that he shit. He eats in there. that shit up, bro. And, and what did he get? Uh, like 45, maybe. Yeah. It was, a, it was an easy dub. Like, did you see the disrespect on Taj? Taj oh, Gibson? Yeah. When the, he dropped him and then he was like, yeah. Get him out of there. Guys are, <laughs> guys are copying KD right now. KD oh, with the, the too small, uh, yeah. little dick too small instead of like That's so offensive, bro. Yeah. Like what he did to Fournier that time. Yeah. Like that is so disrespectful. But I, I love that one, shit. Who was guarding him? Oh, it was Hassan Whiteside and he knocked a three in his head and then he oh. like pointed at him like, this guy's guarding yeah. me? Yeah. And Why now is people, he on me? And then yeah. Trey Young went and like did that to Taj. Get I reckon him. everyone's trying to be KD. I mean, I'd be trying to be KD too. Oh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's a bit I of just, a fucking I, loser, honestly. He's a bit of a loser. Man, you corny! Well, who's your tip for MVP? Uh, well, if I don't change it, it's Tatum. And he's making a tear at it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got a couple of East Player of the Weeks. He'll be don't East Player think, of the Month. Don't you think it's, do you think it's too late, though? Like, the start of the season was pretty slow no, for him. No, last 10 games, if he keeps going on the tear he's going, he'll end up averaging, you know, close to like, close to 30 They'll be they potentially could be the one or two seed. He'll be top. He'll be top three, top four. He's already top four probably. You probably got what Jokic, Embiid, the three centers, Giannis, yeah. and then Luca because he's been doing epic on the Mavs. And then I mean I like Jar, but he's missed a lot of games too. Yeah, Steph's fallen off. Steph's fallen off. DeRozan's like DeRozan's not even in the top his, ten anymore. His bro. tear has ended. He had an amazing. He's had an amazing year. So impressive. So impressive. Yeah. And like kudos I, to him. I, I think it's like it's got to be. I think he's 33 or 34. I think it's his best season in the league. It's his I'll, second best season. I'll tell you this. It's his best field goal percentage season. Oh, which yeah. Which is fucking psycho. He he had a really good season in Toronto when they had the number one seed and they had Cleveland, I think, who finished fourth and mm. got swept. <laughs> no one, like That's another one of uh, owning a, a city or a franchise. LeBron owns Toronto. Or yeah. he did with Lowry and bloody DeRozan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so who do you reckon? Who do you reckon? So like right now, as it stands, who's coming out of the West? Who's coming out of the East? Um, West, you're looking at Phoenix playing probably. Ah uh, shit! You could you could be I just, disrespect on the Warriors right now is wild. Well, they're just they're just. I, I I hope they pull it together. I want them. I, I Steph will be back by playoffs. His his injuries like it's not. Not great right now, but he'll come back. Yeah, you just, it's just hard because you want to see him and Draymond together, which I haven't seen in months. And Clay. And yeah. Clay. But then you also, like, I mean, Wiseman. You want, you want to see Clay get right as well before playoffs. I think he can. He's getting there. Um, he's got flashes of his old self. He's just not as good defensively. Games, a couple of games. Uh, his shooting percentages just keep going up. Like, he's getting better every month. Yeah. It's just he's not a two way player anymore. Yeah. And that's fine. It's the NBA. No, yeah. Like, very rare. Yeah. <laughs> Name he, a two-way player. Uh, he's getting torched. Jimmy Butler. <laughs> you, know, you know who they wouldn't want? I don't think they'd want the Grizzlies. If if Grizzlies mm. and Golden State play each other at some stage of playoffs, that would be a fucking crazy series. Grizzlies are fucking so nice, bro. I hope they I hope they make a run. Mm. Um, Another one. I wow. think... I think... Um, yeah. Let's... I want to... I want to say... Golden State... And Phoenix yeah. out of out of those two, 
Yeah. And then in the the East is so tough now. Um yeah. you got I guess you I guess you don't have a choice but to say Brooklyn. There's five teams that could do it. Yeah. And Brooklyn finishing eight and getting Kyrie back for home games. If Simmons is remotely available, the guy doesn't have to do anything except yeah. suit up and, and play D. I do believe in Brooklyn. Um, they missed yeah. out by a, by a toe last year. Yeah. Uh, so Although I'm, I'm Charlotte, thinking, Charlotte are finishing really strong. And so if Brooklyn can drop a few more games, they might even slip to ninth, mm. which means they'd play uh, Atlanta in the play-in. And body him. And probably body him. But then I love Trey in big games. So, I'll, you know, I'd love to watch that game. But then let's just say it's 7-8, which is Toronto, uh, Brooklyn. Kyrie can't play that game because he can't play in Toronto. Yeah. So they've got to beat Toronto in Toronto in a playing game and then play the winner of Charlotte Atlanta, who I would probably say would be Atlanta. I don't back Charlotte. And the mental edge Toronto would have knowing that Kyrie's not there would be oh, pretty Oh, yeah. And they, they're a ruckus over there, man. They're wild. Yeah. So but if you say that, then Brooklyn's the eighth seed. Whoever they're playing is number one, probably Miami at this stage. Yeah, so I'm, I'm believing in Miami and, and Brooklyn at the moment. Well, I think Miami knock out Brooklyn. If, they, if that's yeah, the case. If they don't play each other, I'm thinking Miami and Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, no, they'll play each other. They they'll, have they'll, to. They'll, they'll have to, like, at some stage before then because the it's, like, what, first, first, eighth, and then, like, fourth, fifth, well, right? Well, what about, what about Golden State Phoenix? So, Golden State right now, I think, uh, let's have a look at standings. Let's pull this up right now. Uh, I can do it on the big screen for you if you want. Oh, that's all right, man. I'm probably quicker than this. Yeah, so, we've got true. the standings right now. So right now, as it stands, Miami's one, Brooklyn's eighth. So that would be the first round. Then you'd have Milwaukee, Toronto. You'd have Philly, uh, Cleveland. You'd have Boston, Chicago. So Boston is fourth. Do you know what? That Philly-Cleveland game, is not, that series is not a walk. Oh, it's a walk. Bro. I don't think so. It's a walk. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think Philly's out. Philly gets out of there, but uh, I think they lose two games. I think that's six. No, <gasps> I don't believe it. Another one. I think you're... I think you're you're full of it. But then in the I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I think in the West it's really interesting because Denver is gonna get uh Porter Jr. back. And then I don't think Jamal Murray will come back. I don't think so either. I wish he would though. I yeah. I love that team and I, yeah. I think they deserve they deserve something, dude. It'll be really interesting because right now it'd be Golden State playing Denver first round. It'd be Phoenix playing, you know, in the winner like Probably the loser of the play-in. So if, it's Draymond, if Draymond's healthy, like he doesn't neutralize Jokic, but like I, I still think Golden State. Come that's out what of I mean. I think Golden State take the West, and I think it's not even close. Like mm. I don't think anyone. I think they don't want to play Memphis. You They'll think be Phoenix are frauds. Yeah, I do think they're frauds. Okay. I think Chris Paul's a fraud. Yeah, I think Chris Paul's a fraud, and I I think he's a, an amazing player. Yeah, but I think he's like he's never done anything in real substance. Yeah, and like shout out last, to Carmelo Anthony. Sensational. <laughs> I think last year, I think it was like the Lakers got, it was like one and one, I think. And then AD got injured and Chris Paul was like kind of like injured. And they're like, oh, he's well, this whole narrative. And you're like, I just another one. I just, I don't understand. Plus, you know, like the, they had a really good like Houston team and they, like they could have taken out the Warriors. And I don't know. I just, I'm not sold on CP. He can redeem himself. I think they all can, but, um, not sure. I don't think. I think Phoenix. You don't think he's like, like like he's he's still so effective, but you don't you don't think he's like too old to redeem himself now? Maybe. 
Yeah, that's probably a good point. Like, I mean, he's in his twilight of yeah. his career. I and mean, they're in the number one seed. Like, and he's like, he's still he has got the potential to drop fucking fifteen assists every night. But like, but then at the same time, like the dude just got a huge contract. Like he was on the last year of his contract, and they were like, when he was in OKC, they're like, oh, this is just a dump. And yeah. then he ended up getting a fucking pay rise. Yeah, like the dude turned turned like a salary dump into another contract. He it's like the, Gordon Hayward. He man. did the exact sa- like reverse of um, Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> He reverse Schroeded himself. Yeah, he did a reverse Schroeder, bro. Easy money. <laughs> Sensational. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think I think the East is like wide open. I think Miami are going to be up there. I'm obviously a Celtics fan. I'm biased. I think we got a chance. As long as we get a good run, you know, you could get really stiff and you'd have to have, you know, first round Chicago, second round. Um, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, nah, that's a that's a fucking five game series now. Celtics are. I ain't scared of you, motherfuckers. Yeah, okay, you can play it as many times as you want. It's not. It's I ain't scared <laughs> of you, motherfuckers. It's definitely like I don't think I'm I'm not scared of anyone in Chi Town, man. I think Celtics. <laughs> no, I think the Celtics are going to come out of that one, but I think uh, no, um, I believe it, and I, I called it at the start of the year. I said I think we're going to be the like one of the strongest regular season teams, early yeah. exit. Yeah, uh, and um. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Just makes me want to take off my T-shirt every yeah, time I hear yeah. that. <laughs> Shout out Chris Farley. Yeah, man. Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I think it's going to be like a Warriors, probably like Miami, Brooklyn, Celtics, maybe Milwaukee. I mean, the East is so strong. Like the East is the East is um, like the strongest it's ever been. I remember. I think it was when I was in college. I'm, I'm just. It's hard to look back because there's so many trades every year. But, like, yeah. I, I think it was, like, the back then it was, like, the West. It was, like, who the fuck's coming out of the West? Yeah, yeah. Because it was, like... It was, so, like, Cleveland. Know, no, uh, Cleveland's in the East. Oh, yeah. You mean, you mean like... Um, so, like, when we were growing up, it was, like, Lakers, Sacramento, Spurs, uh, you know... Um, who else? You had... Uh, I mean, even still, like, you, like back in the day... Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. But then you also had like, you know, you had that Steve Nash, Amari Phoenix team. Like they were up there in yeah. the Western Conference Finals that year against the Spurs. Like there's a lot of like th- that whole thing was like, was so much like tougher than even before that. You had like, you know, you had to go through KG and, and, and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then since then, I mean, like who else? Like, I mean, Portland, you had, we've had Dame. Uh, you know, Utah have been pretty solid. Okay, see when um when it was the and the Houston three there, yeah, Houston, Houston as yeah. well. Uh, I mean, Golden State obviously, um, New Orleans they've kind of been around when they had AD. I mean, they they ended even up before sweeping when they Portland they had they had Boogie and CP. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to see like how how much the dynamic has shifted towards those East Coast teams, especially with like all that young talent. Yeah, like, you know, so it's majority drafts too, like. You know, Tatum and Jalen Brown were drafted. Yep. You know, uh, I mean, Levine was the Jimmy Butler trade. Yeah. And DeRozan was free agent. But then, like, uh, you know, I think, like, Detroit will be a really good team, like, in a couple of years because they've got – I think Cade is a generational player. I think he's amazing. I that, think was my, that was my um, – Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year, and that was my reasoning behind it. Like, there's, it's, it's a, it's actually a much better class than I first anticipated. Bro, I really OKC offered four first round picks. Yeah. To trade for that one pick. That's yeah. how much they believe in Kate. I just think I think his his upside is phenomenal. Like what we're yeah. seeing right now is very good, but he's I think I people. think he's got a lot more in the tank. Like yeah. he's got a lot of growth. Yeah. I think he's gonna be fucking unreal. I, I yeah. also believe this with Halliburton. 
I, I think yeah. I think in three years, I think we're going to see something real fucking special out of him. Interesting to see. I, I, like, I think he's talented. I think, like, I think there's more, though. Like, Evan Mobley, I think he's an absolute stud. I, I think, think Scotty think, Barnes was that, stud. I, I didn't know much about him before the draft, but, like, because I didn't hear much about him, uh, was that, like, a lucky pick? or No, nah, he... I think he had a really strong showing, like towards the end of like second half of his season in college. Where do you know where he went? Uh, I feel like it's what's that one that OJ Mayo went to? Oh, USC. I, oh, maybe let's have a look. Uh, I don't know per se. That's probably wrong. But uh, Evan Mobley, he went to college. Um, great. Oh, USC Trojans. Yeah, he was USC. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was right. Yeah, there we go. Last one, great. Um, so yeah, he was and I remembered where OJ Mayo went. So. Yeah, well done. <laughs> you know what's crazy is like that's how old we are. Because yeah. like you know that slam cover when he was in like college or whatever. Because he's one and done. Like he he was the same class as my man Mike Bees. Oh no shit! They came out at the same time. But, no, who was the second pick though? Because whoever was, it was no, it was D Rose. It was D Rose and Beasley were one and two. And then I think OJ was like three or four to what the Bucks? Oh, he wasn't straight to Memphis. No, he was Memphis. You're right. No, oh, he was. Shit. He was Memphis. And his best season was his fucking rookie year. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that is disappointing, man. His first year in Dallas, I think he had a really good year. And then I mean, now he's out of league because he's drug charges and. And shit, Beasley but. was a disappointment too, like because he was my um, doppelganger. Yeah, my doppelganger. But he was my yeah. favorite guy in college that year. That was. Yeah. Do you know how old I was when I was watching him? Seventeen. That was the same trip. I was I was in America. Oh, the Nebraska Sassy. game. Yeah, yeah. Watching him on TV, I was like, Mike Beasley is my fucking god. Man. And then he went to the league, and like he was fine. Yeah, you know? he's bounced around. He's kind of like I mean, he had that really good year in Minnesota. I think when he was traded. Yeah. Like that first year, he was like borderline like all star or whatever. Yeah, averaging like twenty a game, and then. Nothing. Yeah, journeyman man. He's played for everybody. It's crazy how quickly you can fall off though. Like, look yeah. at like even talking about like people who had like a really good year and an outlier. Like, do you remember Danny Granger from the Pacers? Dude, he was a stud. Got injured and now he's out. Like, he, he reminds me of made... um, we had a guy called Dan Garvin. So DG as well. Oh uh, yeah, at Bryant. And yeah. he, I thought he looked like Danny Granger. Oh really? Yeah, and um, <laughs> sort of played similar as well. But he was wow. like, he didn't he didn't really know his body yet. Like uh-huh. he was a bit unco. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Danny Granger, I thought he was the man and he just sort of, like, didn't do anything. Well, Brandon Knight, you know, he made an all-star mm. and then out. I mean... Got, yeah, he got bodied by fucking DeAndre Jordan and ooh, that was it. Yeah, that was... That was, that like was the beginning of the end. Rest in pieces, <laughs> bro, PTSD, yeah. PTSD, never oh, slept again. Nah. But then even still, like, look at DeAndre Jordan. Like, ever since he, like, when he went to Dallas, since then he's kind of been bouncing around. He's a bit of a liability. Yeah. Marcus Cousins got injured. Isaiah well, Thomas. And he, and he can't do... Th- like the only way he scored was lobs, and he can't do that anymore. No. And he's never played defense. Oh, I mean, he could block shots. Yeah, and he was shots, just an athletic big. But he's just yeah, he's never been a skilled guy. No, no. Well, but um, yeah, I reckon we we get our day started anyway, man. Let's so, do it. Um, everybody, thanks for tuning in. As always, I don't know what you guys are doing um to spread the word of the YouTube or if it's just me and my algorithm but YouTube's fucking going off but tell people to listen to the audio so I can get some more sponsors and shit tell a friend to tell a friend right yeah tell a friend to tell a friend you know what it is welcome to the party on everything um I love you guys don't forget to love yourselves as always